You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Good morning, traders. How we doing? Yes, I know. Where, where's Spencer Israel? No, no, now. This week and this week only, you got me this morning. And guess who you also got? The one, the only, Dennis Dick. What's going on, man? Sop, sop. What's going on? Triple D. Oh, hey, I'm excited. There's going to be some rants this week because it's... It's, you know, it's Mitch and Dennis running the show. So you guys let us know what you guys want to rant about in the in the chat. I want to see the thumbs get up. Let's go ahead. Let's get this party started. First thing like we always do is, right, take a look at the market. I don't have Joel, so got to do it myself, right? Let's go ahead and take a look here. Let's do it. Let's do it, Mitch. What's going on? Tell me about the markets here overnight. All right. So overnight, um, you know, we, we definitely have been battling. You know, I take a look more at the spy here. I do, too. You know what? This is excellent. I like this because one, <laughs> I don't like paying for futures quotes because the professional gets dinged for like 600 bucks a month on that thing. So yeah. I look at spy as well. And you know what? I always say spy is a good indicator where the stocks are because you got the futures. You got to adjust for fair value. You don't have to do that with spy, you know, right where the market is. We're up 0.06 percent. We can see right there. It's been a chop fest. Since the Friday 4 o'clock close, we got hit a little bit after hours. Maybe people a little bit nervous into the holiday weekend. Nothing bad happened. And we kind of been climbing back ever since. So it's kind of just been chopping around, but not a lot of volume here. Not a lot of volatility. It's good to see everybody in the chat. Love to see everybody. Good morning. Let's get this party started. So the SPY, you know, one thing I can clearly see is this 451.50 standing out to me. Multiple times we've tried to crack below that. So today that's my level in the, in the, in the sand here. If we crack below that, I would look for a bearish action in the SPY. But if we can get above here, you know, we had multiple resistance close towards this 453.50. Let's make a nice leg up to 454 and then see if we can continue pushing on the top side of the channel, you know, and that's what I'm going to be looking at. Let's take a quick look at the, 
at the cues. I know that uh, Joel doesn't do this, but I really like to also take a look at the cues here. 380s would be that line in the sand for me on there. Multiple times to get above 382.50. So today, let's see if we can get that leg up through and up to 383s and moving on up. That's going to be the cues for us. Let's take a look also at Bitcoin like we normally do here. Um, so let's see where Bitcoin's trading at right now. It looks like 51.52. This one might be a little bit delayed, um, but looking at to see what's going to happen with Bitcoin, you know, we've traded up to 52.50. Are we going to get towards the resistance? The big resistance, I think it's going to be 58 or 57s when you get up here towards these highs. Let's see what can continue in Bitcoin. Um, I want to take a quick look also. Let's look at ETH here. Ethereum. Let's talk Ethereum. Yeah, because that's the leader now, right? I, mean, I uh... think so. I told you I <laughs> traded most of my Bitcoin for Ethereum. A little piece legacy position Bitcoin, but a pretty good chunk of Ethereum. Not not enormous, but a big chunk for me being a non-crypto trader. Well, I mean, big... we've approached the highs. We haven't made a new all-time high, though, on Ethereum yet, have we? No, we haven't. I never look at it. It's fighting my long-term account, I never look at it. Fighting the 4,000 mark. You can see it here on the 3rd. Uh, um, also on the on the third, the fourth, and the fifth here, fighting to get towards the high here. Let me get this ready set here. So right here, you could see it. It was trying to get through the forty. It went on the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, trying to get through that four thousand mark. That's going to yeah. be the mark for us to get through now. Yeah, um, and then so we had a little sell off here overnight. So a little pullback here. I mean, mm -hmm. it's but put it in perspective. It has been a big move for Ethereum here. And when you get up near those old highs, you got what I say overhead supply kicking in. So you got people who bought this back before the Saturday Night Live event when everybody was pumping crypto and talking crypto. And then obviously we got really ugly after that. I mean, we're getting back towards those highs on a lot of these crypto plays. And that's why it's not just easy sled when you're trying to get through all all time highs through old ones especially when you have memory back there so i wouldn't i would expect i'm talking against my book here a little bit with ethereum because um i'm holding it long term but i'd expect you know some resistance there maybe a little pullback which we're seeing you know before we can finally you know maybe get consolidate and get the gas to try to take out those highs i do believe ethereum will make new all-time highs i do believe it will do that by the end of the year but double tops are pesky and you got a big on that chart big double top back from when we were talking the saturday night live event earlier this year we'll keep an eye on it as you guys can see up on the weekly chart we've made a massive move a little pullback won't be too bad in eth all right let's go ahead let's get into our first stock um which is really let's just piggyback here off of bitcoin um so the, the big thing with bitcoin is going to be of course el salvador uh, now you can have the legal tenure here. Um, so one of the things is it's officially a legal tenure in El Salvador beginning Tuesday. And ahead of that, the, on Monday, the country's president announced that the country has purchased nearly 21 million of the Apex cryptocurrency in its first such move anywhere in the world. I think this is interesting because, you know, one thing is, you know, is if governments are really going to start taking this on. We've had the questions in the United States. I know it all comes down to regulation, but I would love to hear in the chat. What do you guys think? Do we think that in, in the long run, let's say maybe next year, we can get the United States to adopt Bitcoin? 
put a one in the chat and huh. I'll throw it to you, Dennis. What do you think? That's no, a zero. The United States is not adopting Bitcoin. The smaller countries, I mean, I'll obviously El Salvador, smaller country. They've had currency problems, inflation problems, you know, in some of these countries for years. And we talked about this Bitcoin even five, six years ago saying maybe it is a solution when your currency isn't stable. Maybe it is a solution. Is it a replacement for the U.S. dollar? I've never believed that. Um, so I don't think we're all going to be transacting in Bitcoin. I just think, you know, it's a different way of, and, and, and obviously this is why I moved to Ethereum as well, because Ethereum we are transacting with, if you're doing the NFT stuff, um, you know, I, I, th- I see more use cases, honestly, for Ethereum than I do for Bitcoin. But Bitcoin has the name. People do see it as the store of value. People do see it as scarce because there's only 21 million of them. Um, and you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we do eventually hit that 100,000 on Bitcoin. So I am still long Bitcoin. Again, these are small, still speculative positions. You're taking all your money and putting it in Bitcoin, you're taking a chance. And maybe it's going to pay off. You know, like we know Pomp has, he says, 96 or 97% of his wealth in Bitcoin. And he's been right. He's been absolutely right and been getting paid to do that. If you're young, you can take more chances. If you're older, you're taking all your money, converting to Bitcoin, it's a risky bet. We've seen some 80, 90% pullbacks in Bitcoin. Can you stomach that? You know, is it going to go higher in the long run? We don't really know. We There's so many cryptocurrencies. You know, maybe there's going to be another one that takes over. I've said on this show, I think Ethereum is going to be, you know, the, the um, bigger than Bitcoin eventually. So that's why I've moved over to that. But, you know, even if you believe in crypto, it's kind of hard to say, okay, who's going to be the big winner in the long run? So they're speculative. They're all speculative at this time. And I just put speculative capital in it. I've got about 1% of my net worth in Ethereum. I got about... 0.02% of my net worth. So I'm looking at crypto. I'm like 1.2% of my net worth. Probably the majority of my net worth is getting tied up now in real estate and some other stuff. But I have a lot of stocks. You know, I have a lot of stocks. I probably like 50 or 60 long-term investment holdings too. So I've got the very diversified portfolio. And you know what? I'm okay with that in the long run. Now, trading, completely different animal. Let's take it into the trading. Obviously, a lot of these Bitcoin stocks have moved up significantly. Mara has come back a lot from the lows there. BTBT. I've said on this show I am long high blockchain because obviously we've had, um, I always forget his name, and Spencer and Joel would save me, but uh, the guy that's got Jets ETFs and he's the one that runs this, he's been on our show. Mm-hmm. And um, the guy seems to know what he's talking about. So I'm just betting on him more than anything. And it's it's been paying off so far. HVPT, HVBT, I bought around $2.30. It's at 360 So I'm up almost 30 40 actually $1.30. I'm up about 50% on this thing. Which so, one is that one? Um, the, the, the ticker again? HV, H- oh, so Harry Victor uh, Bravo Tango. HVBT. Yeah, Hive. BT. Yeah, yeah the Hive. And it's in Canada too. So um, I actually, I think I believe I own it in the Canadian. I think it's Hive, H-I-V-E on, on Toronto. If it's on Toronto or if it's on mm-hmm. the venture. But, um, you know, it's a speculative bet as well, though. Just speculative money in this kind of stuff. You know, where, you know, where I'm putting, where my core money still is in like big caps, you know, and they keep getting bigger. The Apple, Google, Microsoft, I own them all. Amazon, I own them all. I've keep, I've kept owning them all. But, you know, you can play around with this stuff. And, you know, some of these small little speculative plays can actually turn out to make you some pretty good money in the long run. So, uh, but we've seen the Bitcoin stocks come back a lot. They obviously move with Bitcoin. I pair trade these things all, all the time against each other. I know MSTR is a little bit more of a wild child, but and it's been kind of in consolidation station, which is interesting. But there's a lot of these different plays out there. We'll keep an eye on these Bitcoin stocks. One that I had put out last week, st- still like kind of hanging on there, BTCM. We'll see what happens with this one today. It had two 
big days trading up uh, going into the weekend. Let's see what happens today. It's trading right now at 1250s, 1260s. Let's it's got some it. buzz behind it. So yep. Some of them get the early buzz when they're just starting to catch on. And obviously, that's got a little bit of buzz behind it, too. So it's a little more wild than some of the other ones. All right. Let's go ahead. Let's switch over to our next topic here. We're going to get into wah, 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 Boeing here, oh my guys. Goodness. Now we just the woes the other way. continue. The woes continue in Boeing. I'm going to put up a chart here because so you guys can yeah. see what's going on. But here's the news, guys. So oh, that chart's Boeing too, may not be able to deliver the 787 Dreamliner jets until late uh, October because the FAA has rejected the company's recent proposal to inspect them. Um, so I think, you know, you could get a headline flip maybe um, on the FAA, but this chart looks like it just wants to crack. Well, yeah, and you've drawn a, a perfect trend line there. Keep it there for a second. And you are just yeah. consolidating around that trend line. It, it, it looks like on that chart that it's consolidating to go lower. You know, when I'm looking at moves, I'm looking at it and technical analysis, just one tool in my toolbox. But when you put it all together with the big picture here, I mean, really what is going to drive Boeing in the long run is not what the chart looks like. What's going to drive Boeing here, at least even in the short run, is, you know, where is Delta? What is happening with Delta? And it's not surprising. Look at the airline charts and they all look kind of similar. You know, I do pair Boeing with the airlines and, and the relationship is strong. The relationship is obviously there. And we know with the rise in Delta cases, Florida having problems and a lot of other places, you know, even in Ontario, the cases are starting to go up here as well, that we have seen people flying out, pun fully intended, out of the reopening trade. And Boeing looks like, you know, it's the same thing. It's consolidating here. If they're going to get spooked, if cases, Delta cases continue to escalate here, people continue to get hospitalized, hospitals start to get taxed, you're going to probably see money continue to fly into tech and fly out of uh, the reopening plays. And that's the casinos, that's the airlines, that's the cruise lines, obviously ground zero. And then there's a lot of other reopening stocks too, some of your restaurants. But this Boeing chart does not look great. Do I want to be in it? Not right now. Do I want to be in it eventually? Yes. I think I want to be in a lot of these stocks eventually. I think there is some value here. Um, I don't think Boeing is a zero. I don't think Boeing's going bankrupt. I do think you know that you know. I do think airline travel is going to be here in the future, but it's in a difficult time right now. So this is in a spot where I want to put my money. Could it turn on a dime? Yeah. We come out, you know, with the Delta cases start to go down, you will see this reopening trade catch a bit in a hurry. So if you're trading any of these stocks, you got to be watching the cases. And if you start to see, you know, the Delta, we're starting to get a handle on it again. You will see money fly into the sector very quickly, and I will come into the sector very quickly as well. Hopefully, we'll be able to talk about it when we see it on the pre-market prep show, you know, that we start seeing the reopening trade starting to look healthy. But the reopening trade still does not look healthy, so I'm not interested in those stocks right now. Despite them being down, you know, maybe you're saying if you're putting Boeing in your long-term portfolio, maybe you're going to be fine at 218, but I think you get it cheaper yet. Yeah, I, I think, you know, one thing is that level has been fighting and fighting multiple times. It was holding 217s, 218s. And now that you're cracking below that, I think you could get maybe a small move up right near the open. But I think this is going to flush. It could do that kind of little spike and then wash out. But I'm going to definitely be watching VA today to see if you get that crack. Uh, the big crack for me is going to be at 215. Um, so you could get some little volatility in between 218, 216. When I see 216 crack down hard and go to 215, that's when I'll be excited about BA. 
we'll see how it continues. It's on a big level. It needs to hold. Be aware of the undercut and rally. Gil Morales loves that trade where you'll see the stock mm-hmm. break trend and then get back up quickly over trend to try to catch the short sellers going through it. So it's not a slam dunk that just because it's trading down and trying to take out trend, that's going to be a $200 stock. Sometimes there's follow through. And often what I do is if I'm pay- playing something from the short side that's breaking trend, you want it to continue to be broken. You don't want to see all of a sudden it snap back on you because then it's like, oh, I might just be getting caught in an undercut and rally. And Gil Morales obviously has brought that to our show a lot of times. It's some good money. I know Jeremy Newsome. Uh, congrats, Jeremy, on your new child. He um, plays the same thing. He looks for that undercut and rally too. And a lot of times that works, especially when you're in a bull market because, you know, the shorts have had a tough time. Let's be honest here. It has not, this this year been a little bit better, but 2020, terrible year if you're shorting stocks. Stocks going straight up. So there's people out there, you know, talking continuously. Oh, short squeeze, short squeeze, short squeeze. I mean, this has been like the theme for 2021. What can we squeeze? What can they squeeze next? And you know what? It seems like they, you know, you've got to be careful, especially if you're trading smaller stocks, if you're short stocks, because you could get caught up in a short squeeze. All right, chat. I'll throw it out to you guys. You guys put a one if you're bullish on Boeing or put a two if you're bearish Boeing here. We'll see what it continues. Definitely drop it in the chat. Next topic, let's go ahead. Let's transition. I'm trying to get to a lot today so you guys in the chat can get some tickers in. Let's go ahead. Let's go to Walt Disney here, uh, the house of mouse here. Um, So some good report here at least. And I think this is also we can bring up AMC with this. Um, So let's take a look here. So Walt Disney's new Marvel Cinematic uh, Universe released Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. It brought in 71 points. 4 million during the Labor Day weekend, surpassing the Labor Day opening record of 30.6 million set by Halloween in 2007. Um, So one of the things is Disney Plus um, did not have access to this movie. They made a deal for a a later release to the streaming service, and this was only in theaters. I think this is massive, of course, for AMC, but also a big move for Disney working that deal out what are you thinking here about the house of mouse small trading position in it just an overnighter so i will be getting out on that on the open it's in consolidation station there's not really much here right now i mean i do eventually believe that once you know we start getting past delta that there will be a fantastic reopening train disney you know a lot of people say well this is a win-win situation because they have disney plus and if delta starts to obviously increase you know disney plus subscribers go up and they win that way but the bulk of their revenue still comes from the parks and right now the parks you know are 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 still being affected by the pandemic i mean there's a lot of good news potentially to happen in 2022 a dividend reinstatement could happen we get on top of COVID. the parks start to refill because you know what a lot of people want to go and do their vacations but there's a lot of people holding off i talked about my one friend uh from canada there he was had scheduled to take his whole family down there to disney world in august canceled it because he saw what the you know the caseload was in florida and i was like no i'm not going down there and risking you know getting sick so there's a lot of people that will say i don't care i'm risking i'm going to disney world it's going to be okay but there's also a fraction of the population, a good chunk of the population, that's going to say no thank you. So um, until we get ahead of, of Delta, it's hard to see Disney making new all-time highs. I do believe this will be one of the first stocks to rebound once we start getting a handle on the Delta variant. So I love the company, love the, love the stock. I'm not in it for the long term yet, but I want to be eventually here. 
All right. Looks like just want to point out, yep, got a majority of twos on that Boeing. The chat looking bearish on Boeing, but let's talk a little Disney here. Uh, to me, I think, you know, you've had this battle with the 174 on the downside where you turned around and I could just quickly just draw like some circles here where you've shown that downside angle look even 170 here and we cracked down below 170 here so multiple times trying to break the support i would give it a chance here to see if it can run 185s is so important for me because it's gotten up past this level and then rejected so 185 it gets here and then comes right back down 186 even the high here was 187.58 and when you broke down right below that 185 spot Right here, you have another high that goes up to 185.30, and then you can't hold that. So to me, that's what you need to hold to get Disney into that bullish state, and then you can go up there towards that 200. We'll see if it can get towards 185 today. It's trading at right now 181.70. Oh, good support underneath it at 180. I think that needs a hold on the on the upside. Let's go ahead. Let's uh, like always, guys, I want you guys smashing the like. Looks like we only got about 200 likes right now. Let's go ahead and let's get that up towards 500. We got over 1,200 people watching. So you guys do us a favor. We do this absolutely for free every single day. You guys smash that thumbs up. Let's keep this party going. Um, I want to get into one more before we get our guest on in about 15 minutes here. Let's talk a little bit about some golfing. Do you, do you do golfing, Dennis? Not well. Uh, yeah, I, I got out for the first time about a week and a half ago. That's the first time in two years. And it was an ugly first hole. I even told my buddy, because he's an excellent golfer, the person I was golfing with. And I was like, okay, this I actually haven't even been to a driving range or anything. This is the first time I'm swinging a club in two years. So it's going to be ugly. And uh, get up there, drive right into the bush. <laughs> At the fourth hole, I was starting to feel a little bit. I was starting to get it back. I'm typically like double bogey golf. You know, I'm not a good golfer whatsoever. So, you know, I get a bogey. That's a good hole for me. I'm typically double bogey golf. I'm, you know, so I've, I've golfed for like 10 or 12 years. But, very, you know, like you're talking like a dozen times a year. So I'm not a very big golfer. I didn't golf as a kid. I'm not good at it at all. But I like it. I like no it. No worries. Uh, I'll tell you what. I, I don't think Callaway got this from us. But they did upgrade here. Their sales guidance here. It's from uh, 3.25. And 3.05 to an estimate of 3.065 to 3.09. So, in a raise in their f- future guidance sales here, really starting to push back off the support. Um, let's take a look here at the weekly so you can kind of see that support a little clearer here. And you can see that we came down towards, let's say, 27.50 multiple times, bouncing off of that. Yeah. What I'm liking is on the weekly, you got now the 50-day the moving average right underneath it. I know some people are probably watching that as support. If you get a little closer on the daily, you can see also the 200-day now right below it, which is at 28.75. I think that's your an important price point is 28.50 today. Can we hold and get up there towards 30? Remember the golf stocks though are a seasonal play mm-hmm. and you are coming out of golf season. Yes, they can golf year round in Florida, but up here and, and you know, in a lot of the U S it is a seasonal play. Golf course has got about three or four weeks left where I'm at and yep. they'll start to close down. So you see it every year, Rob Friesen, you know, from bright trading, president of bright trading, excellent on the seasonality. He's got all the statistics. Um, you can clearly see we had a great run in the spring. This is not atypical for a stock like this. Um, you know, it, you think, oh, that just can't be that simple. 
What I will tell you in my 22 years of professional trading experience, the simple trade is the trade that makes the money most consistently. Owning golf stocks in the spring often makes you money. Owning them in, as you're heading into the fall doesn't make you a lot of money. So you're getting, you know, good news. It has sold off. Um, but, you know, you look at this and think, well, maybe this is just another opportunity to get out. I would be a seller up at 30, re-entering probably in like February, February, March, when it starts to look warmer again. So um, I've got the calendar and I play these stocks the same way, too. They are more, um, you know, plays for the spring. Now, you'll see other uh, other things happening. Sometimes you'll see all stocks moving, but other things being equal. And we always live, you know, in the averages. We never can live in the absolutes as traders. We just look, you know, as what probability probability is that golf stocks will struggle through the winter and they do better in the spring yes it's simple simon trade simple simon has made me money for a lot of years i agree i mean one thing you always got to look for is seasonality to come into play for sure and, and this can always even turn around a stock let's say for some reason an industry is weighing on the downside but even if a stock tries to let's say has a good catalyst or something you can see a stock just be weighed down because i mean Overall, if you look at the other stocks in that industry, they're all being weighed down. It's the industry kind of weighing it and holding it. All right, let's go. Let's let's talk a, a little bit about um, another sector here um, that I wanted to get into because you, since you're talking about seasonality, we might as well just touch it a little bit before yeah. we get market structure on, which is I'm wondering what happens with solar. And I'm going to talk about that. I'll pull up a index that I use here. So this is mainly all the solar stocks uh, you can talk jk what index is that um this is a special one that's from tc um it just pretty much indexes a lot of the solar names so jks max run soul spwr sun w yeah. pretty much all of them um so if we look here on the daily we're gonna take a look here so we've had um and this is kind of like the last uh since july so we've had multiple times where we've run up here and gone towards the resistance. Now I'm wondering, do we get a breakout? That's the big thing because we started to get above here and then we turned back around from the trend line. Now I'm wondering, do we get a nice lift this week above that high? If we do get above that high, I could see us start making a run towards 400, at least on this index meaning that the industry would be looking to the plus side. Of course, that doesn't give us the micro look of what stock to pick, but we're looking at the industry here so that we can find the baskets that are moving in the right direction, right? Trending is always going to be your friend. So I always like to stay with the trends. What are you thinking here about solar stocks? I've liked solar Dennis? stocks for a long time. Um, the one issue, and you know, when you look at them on that show, it's not bad. And some of these stocks are in consolidation. I mean, I've had First Solar. It's consolidated up near the highs doesn't seem to want to sell off is it going to roll over eventually maybe but the stock's back in favor you look at tan um you've been in a consolidation here for a few days does it eventually come back in the favor i think so um right now in my solar portfolio i bought sun power it's not been great it was more of a scalp because i had sold it up at 50 and i wanted to get the stock back um and i do think you got some support here at 20 but it hasn't really done much it's kind of the same spot i've had it for about a week and a half and it's it's been holding that double bottom. What I'm looking at on SPWR is it held the 1975 low that it made back in May. It recently held that on August 20th when it retested down there to 2040. So I got a defined risk. I've got defined out. So I'm looking at the upside. But it hasn't really gotten anything going. 
So it's going to take a rating. It's going to take some commentary to really get that one started. I know you like the MAXN. I have been in that a couple of times as well. I actually believe I almost had a double on this one where I bought it back in, I think, October or November of last year, around $15 or $16. Maybe it was $18. And the thing went up to like 50 I got out sooner than that. I got out, I think, when it doubled around 35 or 36 but it was an incredible move. But you've come back down to the point of memory where we were back when $11, $12, $13 back in October 2020, and we kind of held all those lows here again. So I don't mind the chart. I don't mind the stock on pullbacks here. I like the idea of solar. I don't think the idea is going away. I think, you know, you have some benefits where people are moving to solar. So I think there's that upward drift that continues on for the foreseeable future. So I think I'd be a buyer of dips on all the solar stocks. All right. So someone's pointing out, um, so do we got some seasonality in solar? And that's kind of what I point out. You can. And, and, and the reason why is I, I don't point out 2020 because I kind of throw that year out. Um, I go back even further. And I'm going back here and then we're looking now uh, going into 20. This is what happened. So let's keep going back. Let's go back to the next August, December time. And then we can see right here what happens in August. Perfect. A spike going into it. Right. A pull back into September and then another spike. It did get a turnaround here, but this could have been a, a different catalyst going in after October. But as you guys can see, if you keep going back, you'll probably find the same kind of look. Right. We can go back another year. This is August right here. And then I sit a run into September. So this is what I try to look at a lot of the times when I'm looking for seasonality and seeing if we're going to actually get that run. Now, what's, which ones are looking strong right now? JKS looking strong. It just did a turnaround from 40 all the way up there towards 56. Could pull back today. But of course, we're just looking at the dailies here. Max N is one that I like because it has a super defined bottom I always like when you get that risk to take it look off of run is one that I want to see. That's take, a, that's that one moves. Run. Yeah, this one does move and it has a nice looking daily chart and weekly chart. Um, good support underneath it here around 44s and 43s. So now let's see what happens here. You know, you got a lift up, a gap up. It actually filled the gap, which is a good thing. You know, you got this on the Wednesday where it gapped up. Now we're back down. We got that fill here. Now let's see if we can get back through that high. The high that I'm looking to get through today is 48.53. If run can get through that level today, I would definitely see this chart looking very bullish because you'd get a bullish engulfing candle right here after a nice push up. A good amount of volume on that push up too. 11 million shares traded when this usually trades only about, let's say 4.1 million shares. So two or three times the volume on that pop. Let's get it back above that level. Uh, 45. So I would say this Friday's low key for run to hold. I always look risk first, then return. 45.27, the low from Friday. That's where I would stop myself out if I had a short-term trade on this thing. Because you're right. You got the pull. You got the gap up. Then you filled the gap. Does it continue? Does it want to move higher? I mean, you're kind of in chaff land. It's really not a really, you know, a, a great setup because it's kind of just, you know, there's nothing really too much there. But you do have defined risk. So if you wanted to try from the upside, I'd stop myself out under 45. There you go. You got the perspective from two traders. Let's get that like button for this. Let's go ahead and keep going. Glad for you guys mentioning that in the chat. That's what it's all about. All right, guys, we're going to be getting towards market structure in one second. Last one I want to bring up with seasonality is gambling. And what are you thinking here? Um, one that I seen going sideways a couple of days that we were talking about and kind of it was in the pre-market show was Penn. 
what's going on with this one? What are you thinking, Dennis? Uh, so I sold it in here. We know that I had it for a while. I just thought the mm-hmm. move was too much too fast. It went from 65 yeah. to 85 in five days. It was a huge move. But you know what's good about this chart now is that it's consolidating and it's holding the 80. I would say you can take a shot as long as it holds the 80. I do, full disclosure, I do have a small overnight position. And again, that's just an arbitrage trade. And I'll be getting out of that um, at the open. Uh, but just looking at it here, $80 is the key level for this to hold from a swing trading perspective, $80.06. As long as it's above that, bulls are still in control. DKNG, take you over to that one. That one looks healthier to me. Um, it does look like it wants to break out because uh, we've been sitting here, beautiful flag. We're sitting here just looking like we want to bang up against the highs. I do agree with the chat that this is a seasonality play. I always think October is just about the best month for sports. You get baseball playoffs. Obviously, you get hockey back started, which I love my NHL hockey. You've got football on. You've got basketball on. You've got everything happening in October. I always think that's one of the best months for sports. And so I would not be surprised if you do see the seasonality aspects of that come in. And some of these betting stocks like the GNOG, which is now taken over by DKNG. So basically, looking DKNG and Penn now because they took over the score too. But those are your two biggest plays. You've got some other smaller plays too that you talk about. Genius Sports, GNI, which caught. Is that an upgrade today? What yeah, we can, today? we can. We we got enough time to knock that one out. Let's go yeah. ahead. And talk what about was that there? News well, there was there was commentary here today. What was it? Yep. Let's go ahead. So Genius Sports enters a multi-year oh, agreement here with Caesars Entertainment. So what is going to happen, right? So Caesars will leverage Genius's official live data feed for the NFL. NASCAR and the English Premier League content. Genius Sports will also use their programmatic advertising to partner to Caesars Entertainment and supply its marketing technology for Caesars Digital Sportsbook and Casino products. So here you're seeing two things, of course, the live data and also the programmatic advertising being controlled by Genius Sports. And I mean, I've been a big genie fan and this is one that i almost don't like to bring up anymore because i feel like you know dennis we start talking up our book a little bit and so since this one's such an investment for me i've been hands off since i took some profit at the 20s yeah. uh just to take 20 percent some of the position now my hands are off completely i'm looking for 25 at the minimum so that'd be up to the towards the high what are you thinking about this chart? I'll let you take a look. And- I bought this back, and you know what? I liked it because, um, you know, you had liked it, and I know you do your research, and I know you do your due diligence. And I thought about, you know, and I, I did buy it. I put it in the swing trading account, and then for whatever reason, I got spooked on the overall market, and I just I turned around and I scratched the thing out, like the next day. And it was a mistake because I think I had bought it around 19, maybe it was 18. I I can't even, I, I actually think I got, I was in it before. So you know what, I, when I think I bought it, I, I'd have to look up. So I'm just guessing when I did it, but I can remember having a swing trade. I think I bought like August 5th or 6th and it was like looking like, oh, it wants to go. And then I think there was a candle there on the 16th that spooked me out. And it actually did go down after that. So I actually had the, the, the correct out, but I didn't rebuy it. Remember, always my problem, it seems like on the swing trades, is I kind of can feel when it's getting heavy, when the stock wants to roll over, and it mm-hmm. did because it went from 18 to almost 16, and I didn't, I didn't get hit in that. But at the same time, you know, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't rebuy it, and that's always my issue. Is like it, it gets hit, and I should rebuy it. It came down there near the support. I could have probably got it in the 16 and a half, 17 area, and then I'd be looking really good right now. 
So I miss the trade. And sometimes maybe I get spooked out and I shouldn't get spooked out, even though I call it right on a day trading basis. That sometimes affects my swing trading as well. So, you know, this is a psychological game where you've got short-term trading, which will affect your long-term trading. I try to separate it, but 22 years, it's hard. It's hard to separate trading and investing. And if you know you've got something in your long-term portfolio or your swing trading portfolio and you're looking at it, it's like, I don't like the feel of this, though, on a short-term basis. A lot of times you think, oh, I'll sell it here and I'll rebuy it. But then you don't think of it again and then it goes without you. So I'm disappointed that I don't own this stock because you made a good call. You've been talking with this GENI on the show for a little while. And it's been it's been a performer. It's been doing really well. Yeah, guys, if you guys want to know, I'm averaged in close towards 1683. Try to be as transparent as I can be for you guys. Um, and I'm hanging on tight. Um, one of the things that I would say about Genie is that you should kind of lead to understanding what data they control and what partnerships they're going to be able to get because of this. Because if you would have been kind of paying attention, you would have seen Genie has the live data from the NFL, right? And so a lot of these sports books, they need that live data to be as accurate as they can be. Because if not, what would happen is sports betting arbitrage. If they don't get the live data that they need, that's what's going to end up happening. So that's why you're seeing Caesars make this move. Um, I think this is not the only one you'll see continue to uh, go to Genie asking for that live data. And this is why I like Genius because of the competitive advantage that they're getting all the partnerships with the leagues, which represents the data from the leagues, which is the most important thing here. Uh, Genie is having earnings coming up. We'll let you know that, guys. This is coming out this week. So we could see a little bit of a turnaround. One that on everyone's radar uh that's going to be it for genie one that i did get stopped out the same way you're talking about uh, dennis is rsi i had this one at 1050 sold it at 14 because i felt the turnaround was coming it did come but i didn't buy it back like you talked about yeah. um and then this one's starting to run also now up there towards 15 16 so this it happens to the best of us right <laughs> happens to everyone it doesn't yep. happen to the, it happens to the worst of us the best of us you're gonna be in trades that you get out too soon you're gonna be in trades where you call it perfect to get out but you don't get back in and then it continues without you um you know it's all about your long-term time frames and it's all about you know why are you in the trade in the first place but one hundred percent it's still about discipline and you know when i'm getting into something and I'm looking, and if I think I can get it at a better price, I'll sell it. Just sometimes you forget about it. So you, I should be a little bit better if I, you know, if my record keeping was better. And, you know, I'd sit there and, you know, have my sticky sheets and say, okay, I got to get this stock back and watching it. But when you're watching hundreds of stocks or thousands of stocks, sometimes you forget about, you know, a play that you, you know, want to own. All right. Like always, guys, you guys do us a favor. Smash that like. We're about to go to Tim Quast. Yes, do it. I said Tim. market structure. Guess what? It's not Market Structure Monday, but Market Structure Tuesday. But you Whoa. guys smash that like. I want to see us get up towards 600. We're at 460 now. Let's break some records. Let I did me my make my bushwhacker dance for let, him. So. Let me make Spencer jealous. Let, let me be like, how can I get these likes? You guys do us a favor. Smash up and let's get this party started. Market Structure. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. Tim, what's going on? It just doesn't quite feel right, does it, Mitch? Saying Market Structure Tuesday. Just no, something no, isn't no. something isn't quite right. Something's wrong, Good to see you Tim. guys. Where are you today? <laughs> this is a different viewpoint. We got a new viewpoint in one of Tim's dozen houses here. He's in a different one here now. Well, I'm actually up in Steamboat, 
and you know now it's autumn, so I've, the, the you know the, my attire is is reflecting that. I mean, it feels like autumn up here in the mountains. We're starting to see some uh, color in the trees. It's forty degrees here this morning, uh, but I'm in the steamboat. It's, this is just uh, this is this is the dining room view uh, behind me. There's a the, the photo over my my right shoulder. Uh, that's Fish Creek Falls. Uh, one of our good friends is an artist up here, uh, shot that from the creek. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's where I am in the mountains. Beautiful. Hey, can't blame you, Tim. I was up by Cooper Mountain this weekend, so uh, I enjoyed it. I, I had a great time. I know the steamboat's even better, but I made it to Cooper at least. Um, super excited to hear what you got to talk to us. Um, this is the big talk right now. I mean, mm -hmm. if we're really going to get into it, it's all about payment of order flow right now, right? And what's going to happen with the SEC? I'm going to let you run with Dennis because I know that you guys are way more experts on this than I am, but I would love to hear your opinion on it. And, and uh, well, thank you. And, and Dennis is one of the great market structure experts in the, in the markets. And uh, so we've, this is a long running discussion and it matters to you traders. This is very, it goes back to one of the, the principal reasons that I'm on. And that is that you want to beat the market by understanding it. And you'd say, well, I don't care about all this stuff. Well, you should, uh, the, you know, it's, it's very, you talk about sports betting. Uh, you, you gotta know the rules of football and baseball and basketball. If you're going to be a successful better, you gotta know what things will drive outcomes. Well, the same is true in the, in the equity market. You want to understand, well, what does this have to do with what I'm doing? Well, it has a very big, uh, it plays a very big role. If you trade for free, it's because of payment for order flow. Yeah. Uh, the reason that there is zero commission trading today is because retail firms sell their order flow to other firms who execute those trades. And so the, the reason we're talking about this is that uh, the, the new head of the SEC, Gary Gensler, he's been around the markets a very long time. Uh, Dennis, you might know him. I don't know him. Uh, I, I've the, never met Gary, but yeah. It, yeah, uh, it's yeah. interesting this because me and you, Tim, have been talking about this for like yeah. a decade. Like I've I've, right. I've known Tim for a long time, and we've had this conversation and right. you know on payment for order flow, and we've been talking this stuff for a long time. So I think we should just catch up the viewers. Let's you know you were going there. Let's you know let let's catch up the viewers on what exactly payment for order flow is and what Gary Gensler is saying. Yes. So so there's concern that trading has become sort of gamified, you know, thanks to Robinhood with 20 million accounts. By the way, there are 100 million of you, uh, you know, retail traders. If you add up all the accounts at uh, wow. the Schwab Ameritrade. The hood. The a hundred. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Million people. Welcome to Ameritrade. Fidelity. Have to add Fidelity in. Uh, E-Trade, Morgan Stanley. Uh, Robin Hood. And then I'm missing somebody. But then there's a, you know smatterings of others. But no, that's it right there because Schwab and Schwab and Ameritrade have combined. So you take those big five and it's 100 million accounts. So the 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 uh, the key to understanding payment for order flow is that when you put in a limit order in particular, uh, there can be exceptions to this. But generally, if you're putting in a, a you know, a limit order to buy or sell stocks, that order is sold to somebody like Citadel or Virtu or UBS, uh, Jane Street's getting into this business. And there are some smatterings of others that do this. And so their job is to execute that trade for you. And it's because uh, that selling that trade produces cash. And, it, and it's uh, for Robinhood, it's well over a billion dollars a year that they're generating from selling these orders. It's the majority uh, of their revenue. It's the great bulk of their revenue. That's what they're doing. They're, they're going to make revenue principally from selling the trade and lending you money. And this really is the bulk of how retail trading works. It's what Schwab and Ameritrade do too. And Fidelity does this. This is the way that the, the world works. And why is it the case? Well, it's because the market is very complicated. It's very the the rules require stocks to trade between the best bid to buy and offer to sell, and uh, and and you ha- then then brokers are required to meet what's called best execution standards. So that it's a fancy way to say they have to trade within the best bid and offer a certain percentage of the time. If they don't, they're fined by the SEC. And so what has happened is we've seen order flow concentrate into a handful of firms, about 30 firms execute almost 100% of trades now. It's about 94, 95%. And so so, uh, that's how the market works. It enables retail folks to have very inexpensive trades and uh, it enables uh, firms like Robinhood to generate a lot of revenue from selling your trade. So they want you to do limit orders. Now, what's the good and bad out of this? Well, clearly the good is you get free trading. Yeah. What's the bad? Well, the, to me, it's a much larger question. Am I for it or against it? I am not a fan of markets that are built around arbitraging small spreads. I don't think that that is long-term healthy for markets. We want markets that are effective places for capital to form, for uh, enterprising firms to find risk-taking capital, and the two can meet each other and create wealth for the society. Uh, so. I'm not a fan of this, but I don't think that you can pull one piece of this puzzle out without damaging the way that yeah. the market works. And that's what we have to, you know, that, that is my position. And we wrote about this last week. So that's what you should know when you, this is how, this is how uh, meme stocks happen. Uh, uh, an immense number of orders to buy that are limits at various prices enter the pipeline. And now Citadel will see that. 
and say, okay, well, let's let's look at what direction the price could go and how far up are we going to fill these? And they can manufacture stock. I've talked about that before, an exemption from Reg SHO Rule 203B2 jargon stuff, but that's how the market works. So I would be very concerned if we just take one piece out of that puzzle because the whole market would falter. We depend uh, for for almost 54% of prices from this kind of activity. Yeah, and the majority of markets liquidity, that's the one thing. And, you know, obviously I've been... You know, I've been a, 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 an advocate against payment for order flow for the better part of a decade because I believe, yeah. and not so much on the payment for order flow aspect of it, but the other aspect of it, um, I'm, a, I'm a fan of on exchange trading. Like, I yeah. think the issue I have is that I feel like our equity markets continue to drift to the dark. And what does that mean? It's like, you know, you think about the bond market, you know, they've been trying to shine a light and transparency into the bond market for, yeah. for decades. And here we have the equity markets, which are just slowly drifting to the dark. And, you know, the dark being it's not as transparent. I mean, when you see an executed trade coming from an off exchange market maker, it just hits the FINRA tape. It's not that transparent. There's no pre-trade transparency. It's just post-trade transparency where you see the trade consummate and trade and then it hits hits the consolidated tape. But what you have is when you have price formation happening on the exchanges, you have pre-trade transparency. And the one aspect that people have to understand is that price discovery happens on the exchange. The prices that you're getting from the off-exchange market makers are derived from the prices that are on the exchange, the bids and the offers that are in the books and let. So they'll say, you know, an offer is coming in to buy a thousand shares of the market. They'll look where that national best offer is and they have to execute it you know within reason at that price but if you continue to take all of these orders and slowly drift them away from the public transparency of the exchanges what you have is less orders and markets could tend to eventually start to widen meaning you might not get as good of a price as you could if some of those orders were originally brought onto the exchange so i know we've got dave lauer on the show talking that what are your thoughts there tim uh, well, I agree. And, and I see it in my own trading. I wrote last week that out of the last 10 trades that I executed, five of them not only were not only were all but one in dark pools, principally my own broker's dark pool, but half of them were at tenths of pennies, I, literally a fraction of a penny. And you'd say, well, you get a better price. Well, yes. But then the pursuit of tenths of pennies becomes a major part, the, a, a, an end unto itself in the marketplace. So here, you know, folks like uh, Mitch, you know, we're all trying to do work to figure out where there is an opportunity from from uh, good business decisions, well-run businesses to create opportunity for returns on our investment. And then behind the scenes, you know, half the volume is, is machines pursuing one tenth of a penny. Well, I don't think that that is uh, is supportive to our overall objectives. That's that's what's going on. But again, you have to be aware of this. This uh, it gets back to me to why edge matters. It, you know, I always have a little self interest in here. It's the American way. <laughs> we all have that, a little uh, <laughs> self interest. <laughs> the world is capitalism is built on self interest. Right. Exactly, exactly, and it's supply and demand. You you have to realize that there's a significant part of demand that is very fleeting. So if you think that the market is being driven by, well, people believe that uh, Microsoft is going to be uh, the, the best performer in tech and software, which it might, 
but but supply the supply demand balance isn't correct. I don't care how much you think Microsoft wins, the price goes down. Now, fortunately, Microsoft is one of the five whatever tri- five seven now almost tr- trillion dollar companies. But that's the point. So knowing these things, it's it's vital to to understand the market the way that it works. And uh, that supply and demand can be measured and it should factor into how you think about the market. You can't just think, oh, that's a great company. It's going to do better than other stocks. Not the case. I'll give you a great case in point. So Match and Brown and Brown both added to the S&P 500 it, uh, on Friday after the market closed. Yeah. Uh, so then one of them goes up 14 percent and one of them goes up a handful of pennies. Well, why? I mean, they're both added to the same index. What's the difference? supply and demand i could even show you if you oh, let's like see this if okay. you can't show us i would love to see this actually because yeah. this is yeah, a question get we get going. on the show all the time you know why a stock gets out of the s p sometimes they go up sometimes they go down why? right right and uh, to me it's very stark so here's uh so here's the dashboard at at edge by the way you can try this just Put in your name and email. Don't need a credit card. If you haven't tried it yet, a lot of you have, and I appreciate. I always get notes about people looking forward to, to Market Structure Monday, today, Market Structure Tuesday. Uh, but this is this is the beginning point. So this is today's portfolio. Notice this. Demand side looks pretty good. Supply side looks pretty good. That's how we think about it. Is demand rising and supply stable or falling? Because that will contribute to better prices most of the time. When that reverses, uh, like look at building materials uh, already we've peaked we've hit peak demand and supply is about ready is beginning to increase well if you're in building materials time to get out so let's go look at match and brown and brown i'm going to stroll down so brown and brown is right on the top there and it's sitting right at the fulcrum of fulcrum of supply and demand that right, right away that tells us something and it stopped falling right at five it's 51 percent short 51 percent of the trading volume more than half of it is coming from borrowed stock and the and the key behavior is passive money so you've got 17 billion in market cap okay so then let's go down here and look at match it's 10 out of 10 it's slamming into the ceiling it's 20 percent less short less supply uh, the, the, come over here and look at the behavior, risk management. People are buying calls on this. That's what it's telling us. Look at the size of market cap, 40 billion versus 17 billion. Right? So it's two, two, you know, two and a half times larger. So there you go. If I look at the supply demand equation, now it's hitting the ceiling, but look at that. This is the, this is the way that I think about this. The supply side's on the bottom. So supply is declining back to trend. And demand is just slamming into the ceiling. That's the kind of condition where a catalyst, like being added to the S&P 500, can cause a stock to surge. There isn't enough stock. Now, if we look at BNB, uh, BRO, what a great ticker, bro. Uh, and <laughs> they look at that. So it's so here it already peaked. It's being led by passive money. Passive money already knew this, so they've already done their thing. And demand has returned to to the right to the fulcrum five five, and supply is rising. The likelihood that that stock surges is much lower because there's balance between supply and demand. It takes imbalances. And Dennis, you're a big fan of looking at the order imbalance yeah. uh, pre-open. It's the same idea. We're looking for supply demand asymmetries. And there's this one has symmetry, match did not. And you will know that. You can see it in the data. 
So, Tim, let's just sum up. Um, you've got another minute with you here. Let's just sum up your thoughts for the week. We're coming out of holiday trade. I know dog yep. days of August. I could feel it as a trader. August was just starting to pick up a little bit for a couple of days, but it was a slower month. Typically, September gets us more volatility as traders are coming back to their desk, back from their holidays. Right. What do you see coming here for the overall market in the next couple of weeks? So what, one of the things we say at Edge is, is there are five easy steps to, to using Edge. And the fifth one, the the umbrella concept is, is always manage overall risk. And we use uh, data, the composite S&P 500 stocks. So we take all the 500 stocks, go ahead and do a little change. There have been some changes here. Some companies removed, some added. It happens effectively quarterly. Uh, so we want to know what is the supply demand fluctuation in that measure? This is how we think about what may be coming. And I'm going to I like a 90 day, 90 trading day uh, view of this. So the dark part of the graph is the waxing and waning supply and demand in the S&P 500. Those 500 stocks, they're 85 percent of the market. So it's a nice gauge. Notice this, that it tra they've traded the whole time effectively between four and six. That's where the market is. A GARP growth at a reasonable price market will be around five and a half. Well, that's where the market's been. It got down to four here. Nice opportunity to buy. And it really hasn't been there since. And look where it is now. It's bouncing against the red line. And you can see that every time the market bounces against the red line, bounces here, price goes down. Bounces here, price goes down. Bounces here, price goes down. Bounces here, this one was a little bit different because there was so much demand coming out of August expirations. We could see it. Money shifted back to risk taking into the, the big cap techs. Uh, so we did a little better, but here it came. It was just a little delayed. And where are we now? Bouncing against the top. So I would say that we're going to have some kind of pullback. I don't know that it will be significant. I can tell you that what has supported the market over the last month is passive investment. It, we had out of, in the S&P 500, 15 of the trailing 20 days were net buying days, and they were absolutely dominated by exchange-traded funds. So when that stops, we could have some trouble. So I won't be surprised if there's turbulence. No surprise to you either, Dennis, just as you said, you know, people come back and they, they, they look at uh, macro factors, the conditions yeah. in the market, uh, the yeah. economic drivers, all of that, and we can get some turbulence. I'm not saying it'll happen immediately, but maybe into options expirations in September. All right. Thank you, Tim, uh, for another week. I mean, like always, guys, if you haven't checked out marketstructure.com, definitely check it out. I myself have done it. I enjoy it because at the end of the day, you guys know how I try to stay with the industries and sectors, stay with the herd. So if you guys want to check that out, I definitely recommend it. You don't even need a credit card. Thank you, Tim, for coming on. Good to see you. Thanks, Tim. All right, there you guys have it. Definitely check that out. Let's go ahead and let's knock out our last stock that I wanted to talk about. Sure. Uh, this is Spotify getting a raise here. Um, so let's go ahead and let me pull up that there's the banner and spot. So spot here uh, got a, a weight to overweight and it announced a 340 price rate. Uh, so this is from KeyBank. So they upgraded the stock and it's been making moves here. Let me go ahead and pull it up so you guys can see this chart. Now we're up there towards about 29, uh, 259.50. Let's see if we can get above towards 260 today. But man, this one has been making a move pretty quickly. I mean, if you look, this is yeah, pretty much from steep. 
the seventh. Um, so this was from the, the low here is August nineteenth. Now towards this date is about nineteen days, twenty four percent. Yeah. And you know what? Analysts chase price. We talk about this all the mm-hmm. time. This is completely chasing the price. Where were you, analysts and key bank, when this thing was just getting rocked? 230, 220, 210, 200. Now it rallies 24%. One, two, three, four, like you said, 12 or 13 trading days. Now you upgrade it. 260. I feel like it's Johnny come lately to the party. I'd actually be a fader of this upgrade if I was in this trade. I think it's a ring register event, at least from a short term perspective. Stock has gone a long ways really fast. Is there room to 260 or 270? Yeah, but you're going to start to run into overhead supply from all the people who bought this back at the end of June and early July. So I think you start to struggle actually here right around where the stock has been upgraded. I mean, it is off the high significantly. Yes, it was $387 back in February, but we were in a different market back in February too. So it's been that, you know, selling you know, those high multiple names. Obviously, Spotify trading with a high multiple. Love the service. I have the service. Um, my wife uses it. Fantastic product. Valuations very extreme. They've been selling those kind of names. It's a nice snapback from the 200. Now I feel like if you're coming in now, I feel like you're doing it backwards. Sorry, key bank analyst. Yep, I kind of agree. And I'll just say nice and quick. So yeah, I'll, I'll be looking for a spot to do a little bit of a pullback today. We'll see what happens. Well, like I don't always. think it's going to pull back today on a, on a rating just because you know, you've got a rating, right? So mm-hmm. usually that will drive it. And, you know, we're talking from a swing trading perspective. It's got some gas in the tank today. Yeah, People, even though sometimes we disagree with the analysts, they have weight. You know, they have a lot of followers. That's why these analysts, these reports go out to all their customer bases. And then we talk about them. The media talks about them. And CNBC will probably talk about it. And, you know, and that gives it all a pop. If people are like, oh, yeah, Spotify, I want to get in that. And they jump in. What I'm saying is the smart money was jumping in Spotify. Not Maybe not when the trend's going straight down. But when it started breaking trend, that downtrend got broken. Maybe you're looking back to like August 23rd or August 24th where the downtrend was key, where, where, where it was uh, broken. Uh, you can uh, very much see that the downtrend is broken. Mm-hmm. Um, that's maybe was the time to strike. I feel like the key bank analyst is late to the party. And I do, you know, I do think eventually you get a pullback. I don't think you're going to get a pullback. It's rare that a stock gets upgraded and then all of a sudden they pull the rug out from under and it closes down 10 bucks. It's not a common event. So it could, you know, it could continue to have gas in the tank. But I feel like this train has left the station and there's a lot more risk to the downside than there was just a few weeks ago. All right, let's go ahead. Let's get to the chat. Let's knock out a ticker or two before we get you out of here, Dennis. Uh, looking like someone's mentioning Airbnb. Um, Wade, I got you. I see you in there. Are y'all bullish or bearish on Airbnb? Let's take a look. I actually am bullish on this one. I was thinking Me too. about getting in uh, Airbnb. A, I think I actually – hold on. Let, let me make sure here. Um, I think I actually have a position. Just want to make sure. Um, what are you thinking here, Dennis? Now that we're starting to the daily chart looking interesting here, what are you what are you thinking? A wicked little candle, conscious. So obviously we had a wicked up move back on August twenty fourth, and the stock exploded from one hundred forty six bucks up to one hundred sixty one. Too much, too fast. It came back down. Tried to come all the way back down to support. You had a nice little double bottom, a perfect double bottom, 151.45, 151.45. We talk about that on the show with Mr. Alconan all the time. That's right from his school of technical analysis where we like two consecutive lows from uh, in the days in the same area. And that would have been the time to strike. Now you're up seven or eight bucks. So it's up a little bit from here. But you know what? You're still consolidating. You got a nice little trend. I would say, you know, I do think there's upside. I do think the story gets hot again. I do like Airbnb. The valuation's always been tough. That's why it's not my long-term portfolio. But from a trading perspective, 
Um, I do think there is upside here. Again, just be careful because you're coming into the area where you, you, you were challenged before a 162, 163, and we say price is memory. So you get up there, 161, 162, you got a few bag holders that bought those highs. Maybe they're a little bit hesitant. But if you're flipping a coin, I think it goes higher from here. I do like it, but I it's not it's not a clean setup. It's kind of like, a uh, you know, this could be a slider. It looks like the pitch is coming up the middle but then it could slide right out of the strike zone. So it's probably one I'm not swinging at. All right. Well, I'll tell you, I did take a swing on this on Friday. I'm still in it. I got okay. about 158.24. Where's your stop? But um, I know you're very good with your discipline. Yeah. So management. To, to me, 156 is the stop out here. So oh, you're you pretty risk tight. about risk about two points looking for the upside moves through 165. Uh, the big thing for me is that I do like when a stock does this kind of approach. So um, it IPO'd busted out, came back multiple times. Now one thing is, is that I feel like it's been in a midterm uh, kind of sh shorter bearish trend here. And we've got this reversal candle that happened right here. So this is the big candle for me that really changed the trend. Now the big thing for me is to break above that high. Um, that high for is... Uh, the high is 163.06. So that's why my 163 is going to be very important. If we can get above that level today, I think you could get some lift towards 170. And that would be the next stop for me on, on Airbnb. We'll see how it moves. And I'll definitely let you guys know. I do have this one long. All right, let's go one last one. Tesla being mentioned here. TSLA here. Let's go take a look. What so are you thinking? It's up eight box. That looks like news to me. Ooh, I have I not looked. Let me take a look. I didn't see any news this morning, but uh, definitely Tesla pushing on up. I've actually given the look that I, I called the, a move to 750 last week. Let's see what happens with Tesla. As part of my September stocks to watch, um, I'm expecting a big move in Tesla. Big resistance there at 750. Can we get towards that level today? We'll have to take a look. Let me, let me pull up my pro here, see if we got any news here. There's a few things uh, talk of both self-driving, there's subsidies talk. I mean, there's always news in Tesla. Looks like they you got, you got Wired with an article on it as well. Why Tesla is designing chips? I mean, and, and from Wired. So there's multiple headlines. What's mm -hmm. the real driver here? It looks like a couple positive headlines, really. I mean, the chip shortage has obviously been you know hitting the automotive sector for a while, and now you know got Wired talking about Tesla designing their own chips, and that's going to be a Kickstarter there too. I mean, this has been a consolidation. It does look like it wants to go higher. It does look like it's breaking out. It does look like it wants to challenge eight hundred dollars to me, to be honest. I have no position in it. Um, I kind of like the chart. I kind of wish I was in it. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I think I, I wouldn't be fading this move. That's that's my opinion. All right, so it looks like there's a couple of headlines like you talked about. There's headline on electric that the uh, FSD, uh, or pretty much their self-driving beta software has leaked. Um, so someone probably got access to it. Some coder got access. Uh, and then you'll see there they have hopes to attract state subsidies in Germany. That can definitely help. I also saw Elon talking and agreeing with Kathy Wood on that her price target didn't seem out of reach. Um, that was a $3,000 yeah. price target in yeah, 2025. I, I think that's definitely it, get, hitting the investor mindset. And one of the things is we were right off of an important level. The stock is trying to get through. 
So we'll see if we can get through that level today. I think it's been stuck between 730 and 740s. Now we're pushing on through that 740. Let's see if Tesla can continue making a move towards 750 today. Could be more gas in the tank, except not in the physical tanks of Tesla. <laughs> Try we'll to do a pun. I'm not as good as Joel. We miss Joel's puns. Yeah, we need the dad jokes. Definitely, without a doubt. <laughs> Joel will be back. He'll give us some more jokes. Are they come back tomorrow? When are they back? Um, they'll actually be back next week, man. It looks are they like both off all week? Yeah, it's you and I, dude. We're oh, taking, we're taking Me lead. Money Mitch running the show. Give us some likes, man. We're trying right? to do this without Joel's technical analysis, without Spencer's expertise. But you know what? We got me and Money Mitch. Money, Money Mitch getting pretty good with the technicals there, too. So nice job today, buddy, running the show. You always do a fantastic job. Guys, I got to go trade. Guys and girls, I got to go trade. Have a great trading day. And uh, Mitch will take you from here. Hey, like always, guys, smash the like. Appreciate you coming on, Dennis. And like always, traders, let's go ahead, support us. Hit that like. Hit the subscribe bell below. Looks like we have a lot of viewers that aren't subscribed. If you want to be notified the moment we go live, hit that bell down below. Crushed it. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. Let's do this. All right, so now I'm going to do a crypto update. Like always, guys, you guys smash the like, and let's keep this party going. All right, guys, let's go ahead. Let's bring up the cryptocurrency update here. This is brought to you by Voyager, guys. If you guys want, you guys check out Benzinga's crypto update here. You can get $50 in free Bitcoin when you use the code Zing on Voyager. Deposit at least $100 and make your first trade. With over 60 assets to choose from the annual yield earnings of up to 12%, Voyager is your launch pad into the world of crypto. Let's take a look. What are we seeing? Soul up about 30%, everything else in the red. So it looks like the attention will definitely be on Solana. Uh, if you guys see here in seven days, it's made about 50%. This is definitely going to be our focus of the day. We'll keep an eye out on Solana, see how it moves throughout the day. And if you guys haven't checked out Moon or Bust, check out that show. That's one of our best cryptocurrency shows. We also got an NFT show for you guys, NFT fans. Definitely check out the roadmap. That'll be on later today at 2 p.m. You guys don't want to miss out on the roadmap. All right, that's going to do it for our crypto update. Like always, guys, smash the like. Let us know what you guys are looking out there. I'm going to take a quick look at the chat, and then we're going to be wrapping up in a second here. Going to go and take you over David Green is going to be trading the open. You guys smash the thumbs up. Let's keep it going. DG going to be coming on next. Pumping the gas. There's only one way. I want to see what the likes are at. Where are we at? We're at 705. Can we hit 800 today? 800? 800? Guys, guess what? I'm going to be at the office tomorrow. If you guys want to see me pranking some of the office members, yes, I said it. I myself will go and prank some of the other Benzinga members. But you guys get me to 800 likes today. I want to see you guys get up there. Where's DG? He's been hiding. He'll come back. He'll come out of the cave. Don't worry. My man will be ready for the market like always. What's the most likes ever on pre-market prep? I think it's about 2,000 or somewhere near 1,500. So I don't think we'll hit that today, but we'll see what happens. 
let me go ahead and pull up here my Benzinga Pro movers, see what we got moving. If you guys got a stock you guys want me to take a look at before I run out of here, hit the like and let me know what that stock is. All right, IRNT. I know you guys are probably watching this one. Uh, we're talking about a Reddit stock up about 72%, but coming back down here, um, as you guys can see, this one's really starting to crack down. But the question is, will it get a bounce at the open? You look at it on the 15 minute, um, I would look for 26 to hold. That's kind of the line in the sand for me on this one. You could say 25 90s if you want to use kind of that line in the sand right here or 25 78. Uh, let's see it come back down towards those levels. Then we'll look to see for a bounce. But you did get multiple attempts to break out through 3750 on IRNT. Uh, let's go ahead. Appreciate it, Linda. That's what it's all about. That's what I'm here for, you guys. Um, so let's look at one more here. Let's, maybe two more stocks. BBW. Um, let's take a look here. Build the bear. What's going on with the build the bear? You guys know I've actually been wrong on this one. You can't always be right. I didn't expect this breakout coming, but now that this resistance is holding really well, the question is how far down is it coming down to? Is it coming to a support of 14? Are we going to hang on here at 1785? I'll be looking for a move towards 17 today on a pullback from build the bear. That's BBW. Let's go one more here. Moderna, Jay bringing up. Let's take a look at it. MRNA. All right, so the daily chart has a nice look here. We got a good push on up. I think what's really important is now holding pullbacks, let's say, towards 398.50s. We want to really hold 400. Uh, let's take a look here at the hourly chart. When we broke out from 400, you see how we came up? Now starting to pull back. Let's see if this kind of support here at 407.80s holds. Uh, let's see what the bottom is this here. Uh, 406.87. So that's what I want to see hold here. If that can hold, then we can get back up there towards 416 today. Don't want it to break through 400 on the downside. That's Moderna. All right, let's keep it going. You guys smash the like and support me. I'm going to keep running through some stocks right quickly. AVPT being mentioned. This is a SPAC, but definitely, guys, check out SPAC's attack today. We're going to have a great interview. We got Embark. Yes, another electric vehicle truck play. Let's check it out on SPAC's attack today. All right, let's look at AvPoint. How are we doing on AvPoint? We've been trading up on this name the last couple of days. Uh, the real question is, when do we run into resistance? And so to me on this chart, it's looking like we're trying to get back up there towards this high here through 11. At 11, you might run into some selling today. If you can get some good volume through 11, maybe we get towards 12. But AvPoint should be running into a little bit of a resistance. But like always, make your own investment decision. All right, from the gappers this morning, match group, as we've seen that, that one did spike back up towards the resistance. We'll be joining the S&P 500 today. This was actually a stock I talked about last week. Um, as we had seen this turnaround, I loved this bottoming action, called it out here, came up towards the 140. Didn't expect to see this gap up there, but as you guys can see, good move in match. All right, let's take a look at the gappers, what other stock is pointing out? ADAP. This was one that had uh, kind of, they entered into strategic, uh, so a strategic collaboration here with Jenny Tech for research, development, and commercialize of the cancer-targeted 
allogenic T-cell therapies. So uh, therapeutic stocks, biotech moving today. Let's take a look. ADAP, we'll see what happens. This one has been making moves since this morning. I saw it up. Now it needs to come back towards, let's say, 560s, 540s on pullbacks. But it's looking really well here, pushing towards $6. We'll see how ADAP makes some moves today. Um, nice ticker name. Let's keep it going. Uh, PTRA, uh, that's a SPAC. I'll, I'll let that go, go on SPAC's attack. Uh, last one here, OSW. All right. I'm going to go ahead and let's take a look here. OSW. This is one world spa. This does the spa on the cruise lines. So usually when the cruise lines do well, OSW does well. And that's why you see this kind of turnaround here. I don't mind it because you have a good support to go off of $9 or let's say $9.50. But it's not going to give you a big move, big win, right? Even if it moves up, I think it moves up towards, let's say, $12 or $13. You're not looking for a massive win. You're looking for a little bit of a tighter trade here. Um, but it is an interesting look at this trend line. You could draw from the bottom. Uh, let's go ahead and draw that Alt-T for my Benzinga Pro users. Uh, you can see kind of this trend line. It needs to keep holding up and getting back above 11 to show that bullish trend on OSW. And let's talk a little bit about what's going on in Tesla. What's going to happen today? Are we going to see that big rip? We've been seeing a push up in the pre-market. We'll see if it can make that pullback towards 3650s and then get back above 742. That's what I'll be kind of looking at. A little downside action towards the open would be good, but it's looking bullish right here. Uh, I did see some other names being mentioned. Hut, Dreamscape, I got you. Let's take a look here. Hut 8, we're talking about a Bitcoin mining stock here. Uh, the big thing, I think, is that you you look like you're pulling back towards support. Uh, you can maybe use that prior resistance as support. So 1018, maybe coming down towards uh, 1017 here. That's what I'd be looking for. I'd be looking for a hard action down towards $10 and then a quick reversal right back up there trying to get back through the 11. Uh, this one has done multiple days though. Be careful. We could be pulling back, let's say towards 850s, 845s. So when you get kind of these lifts, you got to understand where's my profit take? Because let's say even if you got in on this break of the high here, 828, you got it going up about 36%. We'll wonder if this is going to pull back here about 50%. So 50% retracement of that move is going to be somewhere, let's say, uh, in towards the $9 area. It did gap up there. So I'd be looking for a little bit of a pullback in HUT today. All right, keep going. Tesla's going to run, someone says. Kenneth says Tesla can run. Say that five times. I, I don't even want to try. Match. Someone's calling out IPOF. Yes, there's some rumors about Chamath and what's going to happen. Almost 800? That's what I want to see. Let's go. Let's get it. Flex on them. Let's go. All right. We need to get towards that 800 if you guys want to see a little bit of a prank action. Yes, Vivid, I got you. Palantir, PLTR, definitely a great stock. I've been calling this one out on the bullish run since this kind of 24 consolidation. Really nice push up. Can we continue to see it lift? We're going to run to resistance 2744, very important, 2750. That's where I could see us slowing down. 
We'll see if he can get through those levels this week. But Palantir starting to make a, a rise. The big question is, can we get the volume to increase? Because if we take a look here, you see how the volume had a little bit of a spike, but we want to see a big spike. We want to see something come up and show up here. A nice volume, 400 million shares traded, 500 million shares traded on the week. That's what you want to see on a daily. I would want to see something like, let's say, 100 million shares traded, 150 million shares traded, so we can see that spike in the volume and get through that resistance level in Palantir. NIO gapping up 20 more. Smash up. I want to see a great prank on Spencer. Well, Spencer's not in the office, but if it was Spencer, WK, I'll, I'll get him. Don't worry. I got. I already got a prank on Spencer. <laughs> you got to have some what I call uh, cards in the back pocket when you want to pull them out. I thought we took profits on the moon. <laughs> Let's go ahead. NIO, MT Adventures talking about NIO. Let's take a look here. Um, looking like we're having a nice curving action. I do like the moving averages below, um, but you just kind of filled this gap. The question is, do we continue to move through the 42 and get back up to 46, or do we make a move back down towards 37 here? Uh, I'd be kind of worried about this one, but if Tesla could have a good day, maybe you could see that lift come into play. I do think you're going to get some kind of push, but the question is, can it get through that 44 level? And this is NIO. We'll see if it can get through there. Uh, let's take a look here at the other ones. XPEV, nice support underneath it, 3880s. We want to see that hold and that head down towards 30. Uh, LI is the other one you can take a look at. Looking great here on the daily. Uh, kind of have this sideways trend. And you can draw this trend line here. Let's take a look. Bottoming action towards 27.50 let's see what happens here do we get a lift up and through 32 or do we get a pull a turnaround back down to a support which is at 27.50 this is li all right seeing some other stocks being mentioned in the chat about to get towards david green you guys do me a favor support benzinga if you guys like pre-market prep share it with your friends hit the share button down below let everybody know Pre-market prep is the best show to start the day with. I know that even when I wasn't a part of Benzinga, I always started my morning right here on pre-market prep. All right, got one more I can go in through. Uh, Airbnb, we already kind of talked about it. IPOF could keep moving. Four more chat to 800. Uh, Docs has been a silent mover. Uh, Hex Pony talking about Docs. That's a, a Kathy Wood pick there. Uh, let's take a look here. Oh no, Docs is the the opposite. Doc U is the is the one that Kathy has. This is the one that Joel has. This it went through a hundred, so be careful because you could see a turnaround from that hundred. But this one has been great. Uh, Doc U is the one that Kathy has. This one is the one that broke out, made a nice push. So let's take a look at ARKK. See how we're doing on the Kathy Wood ETF. Looks like we pushed up above that 124. We want to see that hold on any pullbacks and see if we can get a breakout on ARKK. Um, of course, Roku is one of the big positions in this one, so you'd have to see this one turn around. If not, it could be heading down towards 300. We'll see if Roku can turn around today. Of course, Roku got hit with that Amazon news of TVs coming out that were going to be specifically Amazon. So I think Amazon's setting up for a nice move on up. If we can take a look here on the horizon here, three 
3401. So 3400 now for me is that price in the sand on the downside that I want to see it hold. And I think this one could start making a push on up there towards 35, uh, 3580s here. Let's see what happens with Amazon to see if we start coming up towards, let's say, this level right here. Uh, we'll see if it can get on up there. That's Amazon AMZN. I know that someone mentioned Amazon. So there you go. I, I hit it for you. There you go, Brandon. I saw you. All right, guys, that's probably going to do it for me. We're going to go ahead up and wrap up. You got DG coming on next. Like always, hit the like. If you guys want to see those pranks, there it is, 814. That's what I wanted to see. All right, traders, I'll go ahead and I'll let you guys start trading into the open. You guys know my positions right now. Uh, I think I got one more that I could let you guys know about. Uh, so one of the ones that I'm looking at to see if it holds is DISCA. Uh, this one I have near 2830s. I'm looking for 2768 to hold on any downside action. I need to get it back above 29 for this one to look bullish. But this is one that I took a shot on. That's DISCA. All right, that's going to do it for us, guys. We're going to wrap up here on pre-market prep. But like always, you guys do me the favor. Hit the like. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.